Welcome to the First 90 Days podcast, bringing you the real story of how to go from idea to business in just 90 days. This podcast is focused on the journey of building startup Upski, a website performance monitoring tool. I'm your host, Lauren Davis, founder of The Growth Academy. And I'm Mark Berman, co-founder of What What Ventures and founder and head of product of the startup Upski. So today is day 45 of the first 90 days, titled From Lead to Paying Customer, Avoiding the Leaky Bucket. Last week was all focused on lead generation. We talked about what a lead is, why lead generation is a good investment, and how to use the content you're creating to bring in the leads for you. We also talked about some simple hacks that can help you bring in more leads. This week is all about the next step and how you can turn your leads into loyal, paying customers who will be true advocates for your business and also some of the tools available that can help you do this in an automated way. We'll also define the best strategy for Upski to convert leads to paying and engaged customers. So Mark, today we're looking forward at how to turn leads, or for us, our free users, into paying users who will act as advocates for the Upski brand. This is so important for any business to be thinking about, especially at an early stage. I often see entrepreneurs who've got a great lead generation system in place, and often they're happy because they feel like their business is growing. But in reality, they haven't actually considered how to convert these leads into customers and end up losing them otherwise known as the leaky bucket, which I'm sure you've heard of, where you just keep putting and paying to put leads in the top of your bucket and they keep falling out the bottom. Uh, So today I want to discuss how to avoid this happening for us and for Upski, which for me essentially boils down to discussing four things. Um, Firstly, what is the value we're offering our leads? Why would they want to convert to paying customers in the first place? Uh, Second, when should we interact with our different groups of leads? Third, what are we actually going to say to them when we do interact? And fourth, how should we interact? So through what channel or means of communication? So it could be email or face-to-face or uh, anything else, I guess. So yeah, are you happy to talk through those four things? Sounds great, Lauren. Okay, amazing. So I think to start with, we touched in the last episode on what the value is and that idea of showing real value to leads as soon as possible so that they can see the merit and then converting to page. So, I mean, with that in mind, talk to me about the free user versus paid user approach for Upski and almost what's available to people under which, under each plan. Uh, Sure, Lauren. Um, And, and I guess, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to strike the right balance by not giving away too much for free users but just enough to get them interested and keep them interested and then have some unique differentiation that will encourage say an existing free user you know to want to spend a little bit of money you know to convert into a paying user <clears throat> so so that's part of the biggest challenge is you know it's that that fine art between finding you know what the minimum set of functionality is that would be offered to those free users. In our case, being able to monitor multiple parts of your website and have those parts monitored, say, every five minutes. Whereas paid, the thinking is maybe you want somewhat more frequent checks to be done against various different parts on your website. 
So that would be, say, one-minute probes or monitors that would be running. Um, and that's a simple example of where uh, free versus paid comes into play for something like monitoring. Uh, additionally, we think that there are some other things, like, for example, um, the length of time that we keep your, um, you know, the historical logs free, we think, you know, around a couple of months or two months, whereas paid, say, around 12 months. So you've got some historical um, data in case you ever want to do some additional analysis. Um, there's a whole bunch of additional um, advanced features, which we think, you know, once again, if, you know, if you're on the free plan, you probably just, you know, want to check if, you know, one or more parts of your sites have been running. But in terms of some of the more detailed things that you might want to do around those checks, you know, we think exposing those as, um, you know, paid offerings, you know, makes more sense. Uh, and then another area, uh, not to go through the exhaustive list, but another area is around um, SMSs. So if there's, you know, for whatever reason, some type of outage or something like that, uh, and you wanted to be notified, you know, we think that receiving an SMS is a premium feature since we obviously incur a cost in sending that SMS out. Um, you know, whereas free, you know, you could get an email or you could, um, you know, get a notification, say, in Slack or, or something like that. So those are just some of the examples of, you know, how we've tried to distinguish free versus paid. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, all of that definitely makes sense. I guess what a lot of online platforms tend to do is a free trial, say. So, you know, a 13-day free trial of all of the features or a 14-day free trial. And with Upski, instead, we've opted for almost an eternal free plan. So can you talk to, I guess, the decision between trial and plan and why you opted for the plan option? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we're, uh, we're still busy debating this. but and, and when I say debating this, we currently have, like, at least in terms of the plan offerings, you know, we think that the right offerings should be as simple as possible. So we've come up with two plans, free and then the paid or premium plan. The debate that we're busy having right now is, should we, when a new user signs up, should we by default give them, say, two weeks, like you said, 14 days or whatever, access to the premium features and then drop them down to free at the end of that trial? Uh, or should we just allow users to, you know, enroll in free and then encourage them or nudge them to upgrade to paying? So depending on who you chat to, we have folks who are in different camps. Uh, and this is still something that we're working through. I think for me personally, the the decision-making process behind this is at the end of the day, you want to try to build as large of a funnel as possible, sales funnel. So trying to have free trial is or the free plan is a no-brainer. The question just is whether or not if you gave someone full access, in other words, you enrolled them on the paid plan for a certain period of time, are they going to experience enough value that at the end of that period, that that user then ends up paying? And I think that's where the biggest debate comes from is that if someone hasn't used your service before, if they started out on free, they would naturally get a feel for the types of features and some of the value add that's provided and, and then also become a little bit more aware of some of the limitations that may be inherent in that free plan, which then becomes a natural upgrade path. 
uh, if you started them on the paying on the premium plan uh, for a limited amount of time, it may be that they don't necessarily have that same kind of visceral experience. So that's really where most of the debate is coming from. And I think depending on you know folks who are listening to this podcast, depending on the types of service that you have, I think this is also just part of the part of the process of just trying to talk through pros and cons of of each different approach. Cool. No, I think that makes sense. And I mean, Upski is almost a bit unique because if people don't hear from Upski, then everything's going well, right? Ideally, they only want to hear from us when their site is down. So having a time-bound free trial might make it quite difficult for us to demonstrate a bunch of the features and talk about the different value, whereas something that's more transactional or has a smaller, a shorter sales cycle could probably opt for the trial approach instead or, or at least test, you know, as a seven-day free trial long enough to demonstrate the real value or, or not. Totally agree. Sweet. Uh, so on that topic, uh, we'll move on to point two, which is when should we actually interact with our leads? So talk to me about your thoughts on the sales cycle and how long you expect it to be or, or guess it might be to actually turn leads into paying customers. Yeah, I mean, I think once again, you know, we can share or at least we can approach this, you know, based on prior experience from from other services that we built, you know, where we've seen some type of um, um, take up from free to, to premium. But having said that, I think, you know, at the end of the day, every service is unique in its own way in which it behaves. So whatever hypothesis that we have, you know, the reality is, you know, we're really only going to, you know, see whether or not the hypothesis turns out to be true or not, um, you know, once, once we're live. So the current thinking is we're trying to, we're trying to convert, say, within uh, four weeks from free to paid, um, as we think four weeks is a sufficient amount of time for a user to both experience the service and get some type of value out of using the service. And, and, and during that path, you know, the goal would be to, you know, educate them on some of the differences between free versus premium and so on. So that by the end of, let's say a month, um, they're at a point where hopefully they can make a decision on whether or not they're going to keep using free or whether it makes sense to, you know, pay a little bit of money and then upgrade to premium. So I think that's the, at least, you know, in our world, you know, that's the, that's the model that we're trying to operate under, you know, and, and all of, all of the planning that we, that we're doing is around that model. But the whole point behind this and, and one of the benefits behind automating this is to see how well that actually unfolds so that, you know, if let's say in 30 or 60 days, it turns out, let's say conversions are actually happening within two weeks. Uh, well, that's awesome. You know, then we would, you know, maybe adjust whatever it is that we're doing to try to, uh, you know, focus on two-week conversion as opposed to four-week conversion, as an example. So I don't know. Maybe a question for you. Um, you know, based on your experience, how often would you be suggesting to, you know, maybe some of the the listeners that they should be contacting any prospective leads that they have? Well, so I think you know you were talking about. 30 days from lead to customer. And I tend to think, and from my experience, 30 days is almost the longest sales cycle you would want to have for, 
for a tool like Upski where it's mostly online, if it's a face-to-face sales experience, then I guess it can be a lot longer because you're building that human experience. But I tend to think that after 30 days for something like Upski, if, if someone hasn't converted, then the likelihood of them doing so drops dramatically. And then second to that, there's this rule that if to, for someone to know your brand and trust it enough to buy, they need to have eight interactions with you. So, I mean, almost taking those two points of data, I would say you want to be contacting someone every three or four days, and that would give you your eight in the 30 days. Uh, I would also, I think you can front load, so contact people more frequently as soon as they've signed up because you know, they got to your site, they signed up, they've gone through the process, they're hopefully excited about using your product or on the flip side, have a problem that they believe this product is going to solve. So kind of almost catch them and ride the wave of that enthusiasm. And so at the start, we could contact, say, you know, on day one and then on day two, day three, and then towards the end of the 30 days, space it out a little bit more because it is getting less likely and you want to be targeting the messages and making, I guess, more offers towards the end of the 30 days to really try. It's almost last resort to convert is at the end of 30 days. That might prove not true. Potentially, people will convert at 45. But in my experience, that's, it's a good time frame to be looking at. Makes sense. So, uh, so with that in mind, um, you know, maybe I'm just sharing some thoughts with, with the listeners. Uh, you know, what types of messaging do you suggest in terms of communicating with leads? And, and I'm assuming, you know, we, folks shouldn't be trying to hard sell. Uh, it should be more of a, I don't know, somewhat more friendly or interactive or um, benefits and, and, and so on. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, people buy from people. So the goal during this phase is not just to sell, sell, sell and hope for the best. Uh, you know, you need to have well-rounded communications where you're communicating the benefits for them, you're talking about the brand and getting them to know almost who's behind the scenes and trying to build a more authentic and human relationship than just a transactional one. Even if you're using online tools, this is what you want to aim for. So to your point, sell messages are important, obviously, because if you don't ask for the sale, then you're not going to get it in most cases. But we should also look at other types of of communications or or other objectives. So, you know, engagement objectives, which could be an email or a call, depending on your type of business, where you understand from the customer what their needs are and tell them stories about almost how the tool came to life or how your business came to life and how it's working and how people are experiencing it and almost lead with that storytelling and the human aspect so they can see that, it, that it's real and that it exists and that people are using it. And in a similar vein, another objective is almost boosting credibility. So when you're a startup, uh, regardless of who you are, I mean, unless you're famous, <laughs> but for most of us down here, you, as an entrepreneur, you need to build that trust and it will build over time as people see that you have an audience, that, you're, that the tool works and hear stories or almost hear through word of mouth that that your brand is something they should take notice of. So boosting that credibility in a proactive way could be, 
emails or communications like testimonials. So, you know, this brand like you or this aspirational brand is using our services and seeing this amazing result. Or another could be following the story thing I was talking about before. It could be the story of one of the founders and a success they've had previously um, in a related business. And then, you know, a third, a third bucket that I think we should look at, and some people may want to do this and some may not, but is around education. So for Upski, you know, it's simple to use, but for, say, an entrepreneur persona rather than the DevOps, there is a bit of an education around, like, why, why do I need to need more regions and why should I get more frequent probes? And, like, why, why is it useful to be able to access logs for, you know, talk to me about the compliance that I should be complying with? So... Uh, for us, I think education and having communications that get people to really understand the offering is going to be key f to them seeing that there is real value there. That makes sense. So I guess most of that falls into the bucket of um, just reviewing the buckets that you had previously mentioned. What are we going to say? So I guess maybe the fourth area that you had mentioned is how best to communicate. So I guess with that in mind, I'm sure everyone can agree that email is probably the you know, most common way of communicating, especially in a, you know, business to communicating with a potential consumer from a, to a potential consumer perspective. Um, but with that in mind, you know, we've also been looking at other means of communication, you know, such as chatbots and whatnot. And I guess I was curious to kind of, you know, get your thoughts, you know, for, for the listeners on tools or other approaches that, that you might you know, recommend, you know, in terms of automating and, and just helping communicate with prospective leads? Yeah, of course. Well, I think, you know, you're absolutely right that email is the most common way that people communicate with leads. And it's handy because it can be fully automated. And there's, you know, a bunch of online tools, uh, often free below a certain number of subscribers that you can use to almost map out the flow of emails and and then also quickly check in on what's performing and shuffle things around and be continually testing which is obviously what what we both recommend but you know there are other ways and you know something that wouldn't work for upski but that might work for some of our listeners is that human intervention so you know if you're a b2b product and you know potentially have quite a high price point and barrier to entry then that having a sales call or discovery call or a series of face-to-face -face meetings even could be the best, best way of doing it. But you can still take the same approach um, in your communications and um, almost nurture people through those meetings to finally converting to sale. But another online tool for Upski where we do want to keep things you know, virtual and automated is a Facebook chatbot. So obviously Upski will integrate with Facebook Messenger and now there's almost this uprising of people doing Facebook Messenger marketing and using, there are now tools available for non-technical entrepreneurs, um, such as ManyChat, where you can structure your communications and the flow almost exactly as you would for your email. Obviously the type of message you're including, you'd want to be a lot more conversational and a lot shorter, but you can you can definitely use that channel. And, and I think that that's something that we should explore for Upski um, moving forwards and potentially something we will talk about in, in the next podcast. Sounds great. Those are some good tips. Okay, amazing. So, I mean, let's wrap it up there. Thank you everyone for listening to the first 90 Days podcast. 
This audio and the blog content and links to any of the tools mentioned can be accessed anytime through the Growth Academy blog. So tune in on Friday. It's now day 47, so we're over halfway. Uh, we'll be talking specifically about how to map out an effective customer onboarding sequence and some of the tools, both free and paid, that you can use to do this for your own business. So as always, think big, start small, and act fast.